Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. It's me, your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger, and I am here with a guest, an international guest. Guys, this is now my second non-US <laughs> guest. I have with me today, Andrew Gibson. And now he and I met through BNI. Uh, if you've been listening for any amount of time, you've probably heard that I am a BNI member, a very active BNI member. In fact, uh, I celebrate my 10th anniversary with BNI on February 1st. Yay. Let me share with you a little bit about Andrew because I am so excited to share what he has to offer us today because it has really helped change my business and I've known him for a couple of months now and it's it's really started to make a, a shift in how people are referring to to me. So hint, hint, get ready to learn how to teach people to refer you for this. So let me tell you about Andrew though. Uh, Andrew is driven to help people make great choices in life, pursue their passions and notice happiness. Oh, I love that. That makes me so happy. I want to, he wants to help people make a life, not just a living. And to that end, he has written two books and spends his time helping startup and small businesses and charities and nonprofits to make sustainable income. He's proud to have helped thousands of people over his many years as a coach and now author and hopes to help many thousands more. So Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for Jenny. It's an absolute honor to be here. Oh, well, I'm super glad because now I'm also recording this, uh, not just audio, but video as well. So if you're listening right now, you want to make sure you go check out the YouTube because we are, we do have some visuals here because Andrew is an author and I've got his book. He was kind enough to send me a copy um, and it's called What's Your URP? So let's start with that just because I, I already hinted at the fact that it's about referrals and teaching people how to refer to you, which some people think is an easy thing, but it's really, it, it, if you're trying to do it yourself, it's not an easy thing, but Andrew does make it easy through the book. I can, I can tell you that. So let's start with that, Andrew. Tell us about the unique referral proposition. With pleasure, Jenny, with pleasure. So the idea of the, the unique referral proposition is really to make something that's more relevant, particularly to small businesses and, and medium-sized businesses. We're all told that we need to have a unique selling proposition there's just a couple of problems with that. The first is that most of us think that the unique selling proposition has to be something that we do. And actually, it's really hard to do something that no other human being does. Or let's be fair, if you do think of something that is unique and innovative and original, that no other human being can copy. So being unique is hard for a start in terms of thinking about what you do. The second problem with the unique selling proposition is nobody likes being sold to. Oh, my gosh. And I, and I know very, very few people who actively like selling. 
So the idea that we should spend a lot of time creating our own unique selling proposition that is based on something that we do that we can sell to others is just a flawed idea from the very start. Now, when you go back, though, as I did, if you go back into the history of the USP, when it was created by advertising agencies, it was to help market commodity brands. So things like soap powder. Um, back in the 50s, when this started to come through, if you look at the USPs from then, the USPs were nothing to do with the product and what it did. If you, It was just a box of white powder. And they didn't go into the chemicals that were in there. They didn't go into how the chemicals that reacted with the dirt in your laundry. They just put in a strap line along the lines of something like washes your whites whiter, which is, of course, the outcome after you've used that brand of soap powder. But if you had some grayish whites, and I remember when I was a kid, you know, the colors of my school shirts being a bit gray because that was what it was like back in those days, all those many years ago, and you wanted to get the grayness out of your, your kids' school shirts, you would buy the soap powder that washed your whites whiter. And we've lost sight of that. So the, the whole process for the unique referral point is to try and get people who are in business, who are looking to get more referral opportunities in particular, to work out the customers that they help and to realize that they've probably got great experience helping a particular set of customers. So you're a classic example, Jenny. You've got a really good specific set of customers and clients that you can help. And you are an expert in those customers and clients. So it's really easy to refer to you, somebody else who's like them. And when it becomes, I think, your unique referral point is when your customers and clients are referring you to people like them. And they do that for the difference you've made for them. If you try to get them to describe what a great coach you were or what coaching techniques you used, how long you'd been doing it, how you'd studied, what qualifications you had, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, so what? And actually, they're probably going to get it wrong. And, you know, it's like, yeah, well, maybe. If, on the other hand, they told a story about how you'd help them, the difference you'd made for them, maybe in terms of growing their business, you re the, the, it really just needs to be then an introduction to say, you really need to talk to Jenny about this. She's great. She'll help you. And when that person says, uh, so, so, so what does Jenny do? You know what? You really want your referral colleague, the person passing the referral, your client, your customer to say, I honestly don't know. She's just really brilliant. Why don't you go and talk to her? Let me put, let me put you in touch and she'll tell you herself. So... The unique referral point is about thinking less about what you do and thinking more about the customers and clients that you help and how you help them, and then leveraging that into more referrals to more people like them. I I think that's so smart because one of the one of the major things that we are battling in the direct sales network marketing multi-level marketing industry is the fact that so many it, it's got a negative perception and it's got a negative perception because so many of the representatives who have joined these companies are so focused on product and selling 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 instead of solving a problem instead of creating an outcome, right? Because people don't care about the bottle of oil. They don't care about the tube of skincare. They don't care about the necklace. What they care about is what that bottle of oil can do for them. What they care about is what that bottle of skincare, the tube of skincare can do for them, what that necklace will do for them, which people are like, what can a necklace do for you? 
let me tell you, because I that that was my industry, right? <laughs> that's what that's what I that's what I quote unquote sold. But when I when I went out into the world, that's not what I told people what I did because I I learned very quickly in that business, you know, when I'd go network and they'd say, So what do you do? Because that's that's what we we ask people, who are you? To, you know, are you married? Blah, blah, blah. Like we want to know who they are. And then we ask, what do you do? Right. Which I love how you address that first right off in the book. And we'll get to that in just a second. But I learned very quickly just from watching people's body language when when I'd say, oh, I sell jewelry, like their eyes would just glaze over immediately like, oh, here comes the pitch, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, I worked very hard to try and find another answer to that question. And it took me a while. It took me a while. And, you know, this, this, this applies to um, not just direct sales. This applies to loads and loads of labels. I mean, let's be honest, we're both business coaches. How many people woke up this morning thinking, you know what I really need? I need a business coach. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Pardon. Um, And the same goes, you know, very few people would wake up and think I could really do with some extra money. I know I'm going to go and find out about um, direct sales. And if we think about the, the, the way that we work together as, as again, human beings, I'm, I think I'm what I'm trying to do is to put a human perspective on growing your business through your network and, and through referrals. It's an unnatural conversation to go up to somebody and say, hey, listen, I know times are tough at the moment. Are you earning enough money? <laughs> and if, if somebody came and asked you that, be like, hang on a minute, what, what, what have they noticed about me that tells them that I might not be earning as much money as I'd like to do? And it's a very probing and very in, invasive question. Mm-hmm. And it's not a natural question. This is, this is something I'm working on now um, about how we can create referrals from natural conversations. And I think this is, this is a way of doing it. You, you, you know, the kind of conversations you have with your friends are more likely to be, say, so how's things going? How are you? And if in that conversation... There is an answer which is, you know, well, I'm fine, thanks. Fine. How's the kids? Um, oh, the kids are fine. The kids are fine, but you know, little Timmy's eczema is causing him a few problems at the moment. But you know, we're getting it sorted. Oh, tell me more about little Timmy's eczema. And if you happen to have some products that can help with the eczema, it's much more natural to say, you know what, I've got some cream that might help with that, or to introduce to a friend who happens to have some cream that might help with that, and say, you know what. I was, I was talking to Bob and Bob was telling me he'd help somebody just like Timmy uh, and the eczema cleared up within a few days. Would you like me to introduce you to Bob? And it becomes a natural conversation. And, you know, again, if your friend says, actually, no, it's okay. We've got some cream. It seems to be working. It's absolutely no problem. You've, you've not had an embarrassing conversation. You've tried to offer help, but the help's not needed. No problem. Move on and talk about something else like friends do. Um, and that, for me, is where you get referral opportunities from natural conversations about people's needs and also about the differences that you can make with your products or with the products that you know your friend can offer. And in terms of building a team, I know there's a huge requirement to build your team when you're in direct sales. That's how you make money in the long term. Um, That's how you get residual income. And a lot of the, the training, a lot of the support is around building your team. For me, I'd rather have a team of evangelists who had tried the product, benefited from the product, loved the product, who were already telling their friends about the product, and then go to them and say, you know, you've been telling a lot of people, I've been getting a lot of people coming to me for this stuff, and you're telling them about it. They all tell me you're telling them about it. 
So we have a chat about the business opportunity. Would you be interested? They're already demonstrating all of the characteristics you need for them to be in your team. Mm-hmm. Now, now talk to them about it. If they don't demonstrate those characteristics and you try and persuade them to be part of your team, well, uh, I'm sure lots of people listening to this podcast have kids. When was the last time you persuaded your child to do anything? <laughs> so saying no to being told what to do or being persuaded what to do is hardwired within us. Um, and it doesn't change when we're a grown-up. If somebody tries to tell you what to do, nearly we always say, even if it, even if it looks great, we'll always kind of go, well, what's the catch? Yeah. So, you know, that approach is hard yards, getting people to use the product, benefit from the product, then it becomes easier. Absolutely. I, one of the points you you bring up reminds me of a, a, a comment that my mentor used to say all the time, um, which is don't try and convince anybody to do anything, because what are the first three letters of convince? Indeed. Right. Indeed. They feel conned. Right. Yep. So it, you know, if you're trying to convince your kids to do something, if you're trying to convince a spouse to do something, if you're trying to convince someone to do the business with you, you've already lost. You've yeah. already lost it. You know, you want to get to the point where people, where you're running such an amazing business, you're solving so many problems. And again, you've noticed this about somebody to say, you know, Hey, you've already sent me five customers. And I just want to let you know, what I, you know, I made X amount of money from that. And I am so grateful, but if you're going to continue sending people to me, I'd rather we both get paid. How can we make that happen? Right. That's a totally different conversation because it's not about you. It's about, it's about them and the benefits that they would receive from it. Right. Most important as well. Remember when somebody does make that introduction, the person making the introduction, their reputation goes with the introduction. And this is really important for direct sales people. If your reputation is that you lead with the business, if you're trying to persuade and convince and sell the business opportunity, how many people are going to be confident enough to refer their best friend to you if they know they're going to be sold to? So you might get some where a friend has had a conversation about, actually, I'm really struggling. I could do with some more income. Okay. Let me introduce you. And I'm going to introduce you with the context of the business. But much more likely you're going to get people saying, no, nah, I'm not going to introduce to Andrew because all he ever does is talk about the pro- the, the, the business. He does, mm, Yeah, I'm, I'm not comfortable sending my friend for that conversation. Right. So you, you, actually, you actually will get, not only will you get um, uh, less referrals, but you'll actually get a reputation as being somebody who's hard to refer to. And if you're hard to refer to, you'll get less referrals for the product. Because it's like, oh, there'll be that little nagging doubt. Well, yeah, I would refer to Andrew, but I'm slightly worried. And actually, the referral might come with a caveat, which is, right, you need to talk to Andrew. He's got the product that you need to solve this problem or or make this difference for you. But by the way, he'll probably try and tell you about the business. So when he does, just tell him you're not interested. Yep. And they'll over they'll over-refer you. They will refer you for over specific reason and shut down the opportunity. And then that's really, really hard. So um, one of the things I'm really keen on, and, and I know we've spoken about this before, is the, the development of a relationship. Um, just, just as when we're young, free and single and we're developing relationships, 
Um, we all have always have to go in small steps and both parties have to go at roughly the same pace and then the relationship's got a good chance of developing. Well, it's just the same in business. If you've got a new customer, let them discover the product, let them go at their own pace, let them create their own impression, their own stories of the difference that that product makes for them and let them develop at the same pace as you until the point where they're ready to talk about the business. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I had a very similar experience in my own business when I was uh, doing my jewelry business five to 10 years ago. And, and in that was, I would develop these relationships. And then all of a sudden people were coming to me saying, I see you're being really successful with this. What does it look like to work with you? What does it look like to, to have a business with this? I had people approaching me. I did not have to have the conversation and try and convince people to do the business with me. Cause I was just, I was just building relationships and solving problems. And, you know, it just, it came naturally after I joined BNI because that's what they taught me to do. And I'm so grateful for that because so many people, um, I know a lot of direct salespeople go and check out a BNI chapter and they think it's really expensive. And once you think about it, it's not. I mean, I, I cannot imagine having done my business without BNI. I can guarantee you I would not have made it past my first year without BNI. I would not have done it because it just gave me so much education uh, yeah. about business and relationship building. And, you know, so guys, I did not intend for this to necessarily be a BNI uh, sales pitch, but it's really just a testimonial more than anything, right? It's it's just saying this is what it's done for me and what it did for my my jewelry business that was super beneficial. And over time, I got better about teaching people how to refer me, which is, you know, getting back to the book, how to yeah. teach people how to refer you that that unique referral proposition um, to be able to let people know that this is what you do. So focusing on the problem that you solve and building relationships. So, man, gosh, what else can we talk about, Andrew? <laughs> I think it is it is really uh, it is just that it, it is simple. And I'm a big fan of trying to help people make life simple. As you know, there's the, the title of the second book, the 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 referral opportunity for me and I'm, I'm absolutely convinced about this to the point where now I don't actually tell people what I do okay uh if somebody asks me what I do I tell them how I help and I tell them who I help and how I help them so so I'll say something like I help small businesses find sustainable income levels and I'm I'm hoping that if they're interested if they're curious they will engage with me and they will say oh that's interesting. How do you do that? One of my most successful ones with that is I work with a lot of charities over here. As you said in the introduction, very, very happy to work with a lot of charities around sustainable income levels for charities. Um, and when I say I help charities with sustainable income, everybody says, wow, that's interesting. How do you do that? But guess what? While I'm answering that question, they are thinking of charities they can introduce me to. So I have engaged with them because they've shown interest that's an engagement strategy yeah engagement yeah. is about getting others to engage with you it's not about you engaging with others yes okay it's about getting others to engage with you like you say people coming to you to say tell me more about this um that is an engagement strategy you can engage with others that's a marketing strategy that's that's your outbound activity and if it gets people to engage with you that's fine so 
getting people to engage and find out more is the start of that relationship development. And if they're curious, the number of people I say, oh, I help charities with sustainable income. And remarkably, they are, oh, I'm a trustee of a charity. Maybe you could help us. Really? Who knew? (laughs) Right. who Who knew that a professional, successful person would be a trustee of a charity? Oh, well, yeah, let's see if I can help. So it becomes actually, uh, that sounds like I'm tricking people. And I'm, I'm not really. I'm looking for things which might be of interest and allowing people to show interest. If somebody doesn't show interest, if they don't ask, how do you do that? No problem. They're not engaged. I'm not going to spend loads of time boring them talking about what I do. And instead, I can find out more about them. And then if I'm finding out more about them, maybe there's some stuff that, I know somebody who can help them with and I can make an introduction. Um, and it just becomes a really, really lovely way of conducting conversations, of knitting people together, connecting and introducing people and really helping people. This is this is the thing which sometimes we lose sight of and especially when we, we, we're, we're encouraged to go selling. Um, selling stuff, selling the business, selling product. Okay, that's fine. You can sell a lot of product. You can sell a lot of stuff. But actually, every time you make a sale, you're helping somebody. They're, they've bought from you because they need what you offer. And so think about it instead as helping people. And if you go out there looking to help people, some of those you will help with a sale. Some of those you will help by getting them involved in your business. Others you will help with an introduction. And others you'll just help. Yeah. Might not be any of the above. You'll just help them. And that's a lovely way to live your life. I absolutely agree. One of the ways that I have, you know, I tell people when they ask, you know, what do I do through the conversation that I had with you, I was able to really hone down on, on what I tell people. So I will share with people, you know, I help rockstar direct sales moms go from making a hundred dollars a month to being in the top 1% of their company. That's what I do. Right. And that's been phenomenal, but to, to, piggyback on what you were saying about helping people. I have a 100% sales conversion rate. Here's the thing. I don't always sell for me. Yeah. Right. It's because right now, whatever, whatever conversation I'm having with somebody is I may not, the problem I solve may not be their top of mind problem. Right. So I'm, working through to say, Hey, how can I help you? You know, what's your biggest problem right now? And they'll share that with me. And I'm able to then say, well, I know someone who solves that problem. Would you like an introduction? I know the vice president of this company. I know the owner of this company. I know the the sales manager at this company who can help you with that, you know, and I'm selling a hundred percent of the time. It's just not always for me. And it never feels like a sale to any of them. They- but it, but it, it's, a, it's not really a sale because you're introducing. And, right. And, and you've identified a need. You've spotted, you know, you, you've, you've worked that out in the conversation. You know somebody who can meet that need. Mm-hmm. So you make an introduction. Now, if you make that introduction in good faith, because they're the best possible person that you know that you think can meet that need, um, and you think that the two parties will get along together, then great, um, and you're you're you know you're just helping people. Um, if you make an introduction, this is this is one of the things where I I 
find sometimes people say, oh, well, um, I've got a, 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 a deal on offer that um, if you introduce me, I'll pay you some money. Um, I never, ever go for them, never sign them. Because if I introduce somebody, it's got to be for the right reasons. They've got to be the best person for the job that I think my friend needs. If the uh, introduction doesn't work out, not a problem. I referred in good faith. Mm-hmm. If the introduction doesn't work out and my friend discovers that I was paid for that introduction, they'll never take an introduction from me again. Right. So um, going around looking to help people, it's, it's not really, you're kind of selling, but you're not really. If you were selling, you'd be describing what they were going to do. You would be going into a lot of detail. And a lot of us do this. A lot of us go into far too much detail. Oh yeah. We, we go in and we say, oh, yeah, well, she's great. She'll do this. She'll do this. She'll do this. She'll do this. And then when you get the introduction, you're going to the person I've introduced you to. And you're going, Andrew said I would do what? Oh, hang on a minute. We've got a problem now. Um, actually, that's not quite how I work. And then all of a sudden they're backing off and you're having to persuade and it's going the wrong way. So I'm, I'm really convinced that the very best way of generating referrals is to talk solely about the difference that you make, mm. is to share stories about having made the difference for someone else. Yes. And when they say, well, what does she do? You know what? She's the expert. Let me introduce you. And your story, that story you just shared, I have shared that story with loads of people uh, about how you took a client from $100 a month to top 1% in her company. That's all I need to say. Yeah. That's all I need to say. It doesn't matter what company your client worked for. It doesn't honestly matter any, any of the details of how you did it. That is good enough as an engagement strategy for me to get somebody to engage with you. And then you do the rest. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would certainly hope so. And it, and it does make it easy for people to remember when, you know, instead of saying, you know, oh, she's got all these oils, potions, lotions, whatever, that do all these hundred things. It's a very easy thing to be able to remember one, one result because people remember stories better than they remember facts. So, you know, I see this happen more often than I, I wish I, you know, I see this happen a lot, unfortunately, which is people want to go into all the things that they're, you know, all the things that their, their products can solve. And it's like, I'm not going to remember all that. Share with me one story. One of, one of the examples I use is, uh, is with plumbing, plumbers and heating engineers. Okay. I have lost count to the number of um, plumbers vans that I have seen plumber's trucks that I've seen, where down the side of the truck is a long list of their services. And I, I use this when I, when I deliver a training course around the book, I use this. Um, if, if, you, if you're calling a plumber, what do you need? Do you need your radiators flushing or your radiators balancing? Because uh, I've seen that on the side of a van. Radiators yeah. flushed, radiators balanced. I haven't a clue. Um, so, if, but what, when will I ring the plumber to come and fix my heating? Well, when the house is cold and the heating's not working. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and this is the thing in terms of creating opportunity. If you went into a friend's house or you went into a building and it was cold and you were expecting it to be warm, it's a very natural conversation to say, Hey, it's a bit cold in here. And the owner of the building might say, yeah, it is. Uh, we're, we're, we're on it and it's, you know, it's being sorted. Or they might say, oh, yeah, it's just gone on the blink this morning and oh, we just can't get somebody to help us out. Oh, no problem. 
um, I do know somebody who might be able to help you. Would, would you like a chat with them? And it's the noticing of the fact that the property is cold that leads to the referral. And I have no idea whether it's going to be radiators flushing, radiator balancing, thermostat calibration, boiler service, or who knows. That's yeah. up to the plumber. That's the plumber's expertise. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to um, direct selling, yeah, you're absolutely right. How long? Think about how long you've spent being trained by your company on the product range, on the um, provenance of the product, on the on the different ways that the products help, especially, I know a lot of direct sales companies are in health and nutrition, and there's huge amounts of technical information around how the products interact with the body uh, and indeed the mind to uh, help the clients achieve their goals. That's incredibly complicated, um, very scientific, very technical. I am never gonna learn it in a short conversation with you. Right. And even worse, if you try and get me to represent it, I'm gonna get it all wrong. Whereas your story of $100 to top 1% in their company, does it really matter if I get the numbers wrong? So if I said, oh, well, they were, they were making $50 a month and they got to the top 2% in their company, does it matter? <laughs> it, it's, it, it really doesn't make a difference. And if, you know, if somebody came to you and said, oh, I heard about, you could correct those numbers if you want, it doesn't actually make a difference. They're still talking to you and they still want that elevation through the ranks and not to the top 1%, top 2%, top 5% doesn't matter. It's still very, very good. And they'd like to want to find out how you did it. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things you brought up in there that jumped out at me is the fact that a referral is looking for problems that need to be solved. Yeah. Right. That is something that I oftentimes work with new BNI members who have joined my chapter you know, in talking to them saying, by the way, when it, because the biggest concern that most people have when joining a referral organization is, do I have enough referrals to give these people, right? And so I like to try and ease that fear as quickly as possible by saying, look, before you came to visit our chapter, before you, you got into business, how often did you hear the word referral? Not very often, right? It's not a word that comes up in conversation very often. So, but what do people talk about a lot? Well, they talk about their problems. People are, are often willing to complain, <laughs> yeah. willing to complain about what's going on. Or if you ask them about what their top problems are, they'll share them with you, yeah. you know? And so we are not in the business of handing out referrals. What we're in the business of is solving problems. So look for problems that need to be solved. Ask for permission to help solve that problem. You know, that sounds like a really big problem that, that, the fact that your building is not warm enough, that sounds like a problem. Is that something that you would like solved? Yeah. Right? Well, most people are going to say yes or, oh, we're already in the process of it, right? But it's that mindset shift of not looking for referrals because in the direct sales world, we are a referral-based business. You know, yeah. we, we rely on that word of mouth in order to get more of the product out there, get more people in the business, right? So it's listening for those problems that need to be solved and how can I solve those problems yeah and and that also then comes down to I think where the more specific you can be the better and this again with the, the whole idea of the unique referral point is that you should have a small number of 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 areas of, of customers that you're helping um so for example um I I know a couple of people in forever uh direct sales um forever aloe vera products and the ones in the south of England, ones in the north of England, but they both happen to be connected to horses. 
Okay, mm. so they're, they're in the equine world. And I remember the first time I came across Forever, it was 20 something years ago, when my friend who had a horse and the horse had a problem with its hoof. And she was recommended that they use this aloe vera product. And she used it and Hal's hoof got better. But fun enough, Hal's hoof problem was common to the other horses in the stables. So when Hal's hoof got better, the other owners went to my friend Joe and said, how did you fix Hal's hoof? And she said, well, I use this stuff. And that started her off as a forever business owner. And um, they're still doing it 20 years later and and they've they've built a really nice business. But they specialised in equine. And specialising in an area gives you great stories that are relate to other people with a common interest. So you've, you've got credibility in the equine world Mm-hmm. Uh, you will be more likely to have really good stories and to be able to to know the problems that somebody's going to have, to anticipate those problems or to have heard stories of somebody else having that problem. To say, oh, you know, this is, by the way, when you've, when you've used this product to fix this, you might find that this product is a great follow-up to stop it from coming back again. Oh, okay, how do you know that? Well, this is what I did with my horse and this is also what my friend did with her horse and he did with his horse. And oh, okay, that all adds up to credibility yeah, okay, well, I better take both then. Um, whereas if you try and scatter gun, if you're trying going out and saying, okay, um, I've got some clients in the horse world. Now I'm going to go after schools and I'm going to talk to children. Now I'm going to go after um, elderly people and I'm going to help them with skin conditions. And then I'm going to go, and you're kind of jumping all over the place. People lose sight of the stories. The stories don't become strong stories of your expertise in a particular sector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, stretching the horse analogy, though, if you if you think about it, if you're working with horses and your products are working with horses, chances are that somebody who has a different kind of animal, somebody with a dog, say, or a cat might come to you and say, you know, I hear this stuff works with horses. Well, I've got this thing going on with my dog. Do you think it might work with that? So, you know, there's a there's a small step from one animal type to another animal type. Credibility still holds and they will come and ask you, I know you help people with this, but can you help somebody similar with the same? And then you've got the choice to say yes or no. And so one of the things about finding these referrals is actually the more experienced you are in a market sector, the more likely you are to anticipate the issues that face them. I've been working with charities for 10 years now, so I I can pretty much know the challenges that a charity will face. And I've got stories that I can tell that will convince somebody to introduce me to help that charity um but that comes from credibility of doing it for a long time yeah absolutely and you know that's one of the things that i've been recommending for my clients to do for the longest time is quit trying to sell to everybody quit just just i i promise you the fact that you're trying to sell to everybody means you are actually selling to virtually nobody as soon as you start getting into a a niche or a niche, depending on, <laughs> you know, once you, once you find that thing and, and it really helps if you already have experience with it, like you with the the charity or uh, your, your friend who with the aloe vera company who, you know, has experience with horses. Right. So a great example of this would be uh, a client of mine who um, I know that she's got a child with autism. And so her products have helped that child have some more uh, have some additional coping mechanisms when 
he feels like he's beginning to spin out of control, he'll come and ask mom, hey, I'm having issues. Can I please have that oil? Like he, he knows that that helps calm him down. Whether or not it actually physiologically works doesn't matter. The result is the child is asking for a, for a tool that helps him know that he calms down, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been working with her to say, you know, let's focus on families who are dealing with autistic children, right? To, to give them this tool for that or, you know, going through and being very specific about that. And, and when you focus like that, you can focus on families that have autistic children, but then you can also think, okay, who else is supporting families with autistic children? Um, who else would benefit from this? So if the, presuming that the child is going to school, what difference does this product make for the child's behavior at school? And is that helping the school? Um, and so on it goes. So, you, so you, one of my favorite analogies is, is gold mining. Um, the people who find the most gold are the ones who dig in the same place for the longest. Mm. You, you find nuggets on the surface, but if you abandon tools as soon as somebody finds some nuggets somewhere else and go chasing after them, well, guess what? All the nuggets have gone by the time you get there. Whereas if you found nuggets on the surface, that's a good sign that there's gold under the hill, under, under, underground. Just keep digging. And the better you get at digging and the better you get at extracting the gold, the more gold you will find. Ah. Uh. Man, I love that. And that feels like the perfect close <laughs> for this conversation, because as much as I want to keep talking to you. So I think, Andrew, we might have to have you come back to talk about Making Life Simple, which is your second book, um, in it. order to let people know, because one of the things that, you know, as a business coach that we both deal with is, you know, helping people identify the life that they want to live. And then creating the business around that that supports that life and or vice versa, right? Like taking a look at how can your business support your life? How can your life support your business? And when those two things are working in tandem, it feels more balanced. It feels simple. It Like you're not having to jump back and forth. So well, we got to go have a conversation about your book. So I'm going to have to have you back. This is this is a no brainer. <laughs> well, the, to tease people to watch out for that podcast. This, the approach in Make Life Simple is work out what you want and then what difference it will make for you when you get it, and then you can make some progress towards those differences. If you work out what you don't want, and let's be honest, most of us at the moment, for example, are avoiding catching COVID, okay? Yep. If you take the approach that says, I'm going to not catch COVID, you stay indoors, you lock the doors, you lock the windows, you don't do any exercise, you probably comfort eat, comfort drink, and you end up making yourself unhealthy. If, you, if on the other hand you think, okay, I don't want to catch COVID, what do I want instead? Well, I want to be healthy. You won't be doing all those things I've just described. Instead, you'll be concentrating on the things that keep you healthy, which probably include lots of fresh air, lots of exercise, eating and drinking sensibly, and looking after yourself. You're just as likely to avoid catching COVID but let's be honest, you're going to have a much happier time. You're going to be much, much happier in yourself. And God forbid you did catch COVID, your body's going to be, and your mind is going to be in a better place to fight it off than if you've been locking yourself away and, and making yourself miserable. So work out what you want, describe it, describe what you'll notice when you get it, 
and then take steps from there. And that's what's in book two. And I look forward to exploring that in more detail next time. Absolutely. Andrew, thank you so, so much for taking time out of your your busy schedule and, and meeting with me for this today. Um, it has been my pleasure to get to know you over the past couple of months. And I'm really looking forward to continuing this collaboration because I mean, just this information right there isn't, guys, if you haven't already decided to go get his book, go get his book. Um, We're going to put a link in the show notes. As you all know, um, you know, grab your phone as long as you're not driving, (laughs) grab your phone, click on the episode, scroll up, you'll see the link to go get uh, Andrew's book. What's your URP? And then we'll also have a link to make life simple. So that way, when we do the next episode, you hopefully you've already read it. And now you're going to get to hear more about it in, in Andrew's words. And Hey, if you guys have questions, send them to me. I'll ask, I'll ask him. That would be great. So Andrew, thank you again. My real pleasure. It's lovely to see you. And thank you for having me on the podcast today. Absolutely. And you guys know how this goes. Stay tuned. Cause there's another badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.